We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. If you're like most of my listeners, you work hard every single day and you do the best that you can and put your whole heart and soul into your job. Well, I do that too. And that can get frustrating and difficult at times. So I want to help make your life easier. I want to share with you Michael Hyatt's free to focus course, which is an awesome course that will help you find the time to do the deep work that you need to do to prepare your students and your staff for the future. So go to transformativeprincipal.org slash focus to get more information on that and to sign up for it because I guarantee you you're going to love it. This is Transformative Principal, and I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. And today I'm talking with Connie Hamilton, who is a curriculum director and a consultant. And this is a great conversation about how to have job embedded PD that really helps your teachers implement the things that you actually want them to implement rather than the sit and get that we always do. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Connie Hamilton, and thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. And please share this with somebody who would benefit from this conversation. Welcome to the Transformative Principle. Today, I am so excited to have Connie Hamilton on the program. She is a part-time curriculum director and a part-time consultant. Connie, thank you so much for being part of the Transformative Principle podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
So I uh, originally learned about you from listening to uh, Daniel Bauer's podcast, Better Leaders, Better Schools, and I'm excited to be able to talk to you. And uh, one of the things that I have been very impressed with my whole educational career is the immense talent that curriculum directors have to have in understanding so many different pieces in every school district. And I believe that there are some kind of tricks to how people do that and are able to be over so many different content areas and yet uh, be smart enough to understand exactly what each one means. So do you mind talking a little bit about how you stay organized with so many different content areas in a school district? Uh, no, I don't mind that at all. That's that's a great question. And the honest answer is I don't become an expert on every content field. That's what the teachers are for. And so I just contribute to looking at the pedagogy of delivering instruction and the framework for quality curriculum. And then the teachers really dive more deeply into the content. And so that is makes for a really wonderful team because everyone authentically really brings value to the table. And someone Every member of the team brings something that someone else doesn't have. And so together we're better. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you think about that, it sometimes seems like that you're doing more of a job of uh, organizing and facilitating rather than getting in deep. Is that a fair assessment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, my, my area of interest and what I typically contribute to conversation is looking at research, what's current. Uh, teachers are so busy writing lesson plans and um, looking at assessments and differentiating their instruction that they they don't always have that opportunity to dig through the research. And so I try to provide some things for them to bring them to the top. And so, hey, here's an article or here's a, here's a book that we might want to take a look at or this blog you might find interesting. And so I sort of search through those things to save them some time. And, you know, I, I pride myself in trying to stay current on best practice as for instructional strategies. And surprisingly, they're really quite similar at the kindergarten level as they are at the AP physics level. You know, good <laughs> instruction is good instruction. And, uh, the, you know, obviously the clientele is a bit different and, You have to take a variety of things into consideration, but clarity, purpose, formative assessment, having relevancy in your performance task, all that's pretty universal. Yeah, you know, I used to work in the curriculum department, and my job was to focus on the secondary language arts uh, teams, and uh, our curriculum director, you know, said basically the same thing as our job is to look at best practices and then let the teachers who are doing the the work every day be the ones who are really implementing that to the best of their ability. And so one of the things that I want to learn more from you is is specifically focusing on job embedded PD and and how you help communicate those best practices to teachers in a way that is meaningful and doesn't feel like it's overwhelming them with, you know, another full day of training with no time to implement. So can you talk a little bit about how you do job embedded professional development? Yes, I'm, I'd love to. I'm, I was getting antsy just listening to you describe it. In my career as a teacher, 
nearly all of my professional development was sit and get. And some of it was better than others. And I left with a big old binder and with the best of intentions of going back to it and trying to implement. And sometimes I rated the best PDs when I could walk away with something that I could implement tomorrow and didn't really take a lot of planning and structure and that kind of thing. And it never really occurred to me that we never revisited any of those topics. As I grew in my tenure as a teacher, I began to see these spiraling themes of professional development. And it was almost sort of a joke in some some of my positions when we'd come back in August and go, okay, what, what conference did the principal go to this summer? You know, what's going to be our vision this summer? And some people just hold their breath and wait for it to go away because the next new thing is coming along the next year. And so when I became a principal, I really wanted to make sure that when we invested time and energy and we asked teachers to dedicate their learning time to something new, that we were able to provide the proper supports. And so we looked at lots of different ways of doing that. And I'm finally feeling like we have a pretty decent structure And we've modeled it after exactly what we do for kids as a best instructional practice, which is that gradual release of responsibility. So we have that focus lesson of I do it, and then we do it together, and then you do it together with me as a facilitator or as a guide on the side, and then you're asked to do that independently. So that's the model that we're utilizing now, but most people see that, you know, here is our PD day and we're going to sit and listen to somebody. But what we've been able to add is that job embedded component where teachers are going into classrooms, observing other teachers who are implementing the strategies that they learned about in their professional development and providing feedback along the way, knowing that one day of PD is probably not going to make you an expert. And it's practice and feedback and correction and reflection that really causes people to grow in their ability to present. It's funny, you know, when you say that, it sounds so on point. And yet still, we so often do do just one day of professional development. And I think about like there's so many things for school leaders and teachers to that we have to be aware of. Like, it just seems like we have to get that all out, but we know that's not an effective way to do it. And yet we still perpetuate that. Why do we continue to do that when we know that it's not effective? That's a good question. uh, Because that's what we've always done. I I don't know. It really takes somebody to really push the norm to say, hmm, maybe we ought to be doing something a little bit differently. And and I'll tell you, this idea of teachers observing other teachers and providing feedback isn't always received very well initially because it's scary, it's intimidating, it's, you know, we all want to be, we want to be doing our jobs well, and it, it puts us in a really vulnerable position to have other people coming in and sharing that perspective with us of, how are you implementing what we learned, and are we as a school implementing with fidelity? And I think maybe it's the, the focus on research and really that the, this theme that we are hearing over and over about implementation with fidelity. And you can't expect to get the results that research provides unless you're implementing the way that the research was done. And so therefore, there are checks along the way to ensure that that's happening. And it goes far beyond, have you been trained? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Can you walk us through like a a process for learning something? And then the other challenging part, I'll ask that question afterwards. So walk us through the process of of learning something new or implementing some new instructional uh, framework or what research is saying is good and and the time frame like start it with a half day pd in august and then what you do after that and so like kind of stretch it out for us and tell us what we're what we're getting into there sure i just finished up uh one school year in a school district where i'm working now so i'll kind of walk you through their what their calendar looked like so in August, we had a half a day with a cohort of about 60 teachers. This is a big district, so they started with just 60 teachers as a pilot. And we provided some foundational knowledge on basic principles of classroom questioning. And after that PD, then we developed cohorts of five, about four, four to six, we'll say, four to six teachers in each cohort. And in a cohort, there is a host teacher who is identified. And so we meet for a half a day with that single cohort. And the day begins with about 45 minutes to an hour of the host teacher describing what the lesson looks like. And then as the facilitator of that cohort, I pose questions to the, the teacher about planning and what was your intention here and what will you be looking for? And if this happens, what will you do? And if that happens, what will you do? And how will you make these instructional decisions, et cetera? And then each person in the cohort is tasked with collecting a piece of data to, with the purpose of presenting that data to the teacher afterwards. So, for example, today, one of the teachers wanted some feedback in regards to the level of engagement when he was facilitating a whole class discussion. He wanted to ensure that no students were monopolizing the conversation and that students weren't excluded from the conversation and that he was doing a good job of in making sure that everyone was engaged. So that was one data point that one person collected. Another person did timestamps, including wait time. So he was particularly interested in how much time that he waited between when he posed a question and when students provided a response. And then if he offered a second wait time, after the students responded before he either provided feedback or posed a second question. So those are just a couple of examples of the data. Everyone has something different that they're collecting. So we go in, we observe the lesson, we collect anecdotal notes. I script like crazy. I bring my laptop in there and my fingers are moving the entire time. And all I'm really trying to do is collect what did the teacher say, what did students say, so that in our debrief, we have all kinds of exact evidence to say these are the exact words that you said. This is the exactly how the students responded. So after the lesson, we come back. Everyone shares their data. We provide feedback. And actually, the teacher begins with, here's how I thought the lesson went, and this is what I would like feedback around. And then we spend about another hour sharing that. And then we end with reflection. So the host teacher reflects and the observers also reflect on what did they glean from participating in this structure and what goals are they setting for themselves. Everybody sets goals. And then next month when we come back, we do the same process over again with a different host teacher. But we revisit the first host teacher's goals. So last month you set these goals. How are you doing on those? Do you need any more feedback or what thoughts do you have? Can we collect any more um, resources for you or share some ideas, et cetera? So we come, we come a really tight group 
and administrators are not invited. Um, that's a non-negotiable of setting it up. And the reason for that is because evaluation is so such high stakes these days that in order for teachers to feel like they have a really trusting environment where they can be vulnerable and honest about, boy, I'm not really good at this. I really need to get better. They need to feel safe in an environment. And so I don't invite administrators to take any part of, of that particular process. So at the end of the school year, we come back together, and then as a team, we walk through all of the classrooms, or as, as many as we can get through, and we look at both teachers who participated in the cohort and teachers who did not. And then as a collective um, leadership team, we um, analyze that information that we have collected in the observations, looking for patterns of strengths and maybe some next steps for professional learning for the building as a whole. And then those recommendations are shared with administration and they make a plan for year two. Okay. So I like that approach. It really does stretch out the learning to the entire year, which I think is just absolutely vital. And it gets very quickly to actual implementation. And I would even go so far as to say that it probably gets to implementation faster than just a regular professional development session would. So how many different things could you do with this approach? Because it seems like you would not be able to do all that many because you'd be too distracted. Is that accurate? When you say different things, what do you mean? Well, well, you did questioning strategies. Could you also do response rates? Could you also do you know other things in addition to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple teaching strategies, or do you really need to focus down on one thing each year? I think it's helpful to be intentional to make sure that you're really looking to see that the learning that you had in the professional development is actually making its way to the classroom. That being said, a lot of our conversation today was around student talk and conversations with students and encouraging students to have dialogue within small groups and you know, posing questions obviously supports that. And then encouraging students to question each other is, you know, that's the highest level of questioning. That's what we want is for students to be asking authentic and rich questions. Yeah, I like that. I feel like when when I'm trying to get my teachers to do something, the struggle that I face is what kind of coaching can I provide? And you said you don't invite the administrator in. Mm -hmm. Um, How difficult is it for an administrator to be involved in this process if you're not even inviting them in to your process? How, How does an administrator do this on his or her own to make sure that this kind of learning is happening? Uh, In districts, a really great person to facilitate those collaborative instructional feedback teams is like a literacy coach or an instructional coach, someone who has that kind of a position or a a coaching position and maybe has some training in facilitating group dynamics and conversations in a productive way. So those are good people to be able to do that. Obviously, you know, you can do what some districts have done and, and hire an outside person, but that isn't necessary to do that. But I do think no matter how much we say this is an evaluative and, you know, I'm just here to provide feedback and you can say that all you want, but um, there's still that sort of underlying theme. 
on both parties' side that the teacher sees, hey, you know, in a month I'm going to be sitting across from you on your desk and you're going to be giving me my evaluation. And the leader or the principal can't help but to be influenced on what they see and hear in those groups. It's just human nature. So what I, what I do do to not completely leave administrators in the dark is I give them patterns and aggregated data. And so these are strengths that I see in the building overall. These are some strategies that your building seems to have a really good grasp on. Here are some things that are occurring sporadically. And then these are some things that you might consider down the road that really are not implemented very consistently within the classrooms in the building that I'm seeing so far. So that allows them to sort of do some long-term professional development planning and decide, do you want to take things incrementally or do you want to say, oh, you know, no one is utilizing, I don't know, uh, formative assessments throughout the course of the class. Okay, we're going to tackle formative assessments before we utilize engagement strategies or gradual release of responsibility or whatnot. So they can decide what sequence they want to implement. Okay, and then after they decide what they're going to implement next, do they still need, I mean, they still probably need somebody to do the the group coaching with the teachers, right? And so it it sounds like the principal's role in in your process is to make decisions and then enlist other people to have those, you know, month to month conversations with the teachers, right? Yep. And today at the end of the year, we invited the the principals did come in at the end of the year as we had a conversation and a reflection on the year as a whole. So how did participating in these cohorts benefit you? How might this process be used with other teachers? What might be barriers that we might want to overcome as we continue to grow? And that can be the role of the administrator of removing those barriers and identifying strategies and creating schedules that are going to be convenient and supportive of, of a structure like this. Yeah. So one of the other aspects of this is that the principal doesn't stop observing or stop being in the classrooms, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 they, no, no. They still go in and observe and, and are still giving feedback on these things, but it's not the same type of situation when the principal, when they're doing the peer observations, it's a little bit, it's different. It's just pure observations. The principal's not involved in that, but the principal's still giving feedback and doing observations on questioning strategies throughout the year, correct? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes, of course. Right. And so then the teachers get their peer group responses and they get the administrator's feedback. And so they're hearing it from a evaluator and from their peer group so that it's not solely from the evaluator and not solely from the peer group. Right. And, you know, like today in our debrief, one of the advantages that a teacher mentioned was that when there are four or five sets of eyes and ears in the classroom, you can collect a lot more information. You can really provide a lot more um, details about what's happening in the classroom than a single evaluator or a single observer coming in who is probably tracking the teacher and may not have the luxury of being able to sit next to a group of students and listen to their conversation and then provide feedback to the teacher afterwards to say, 
this is how the students um, debriefed. This is how the students tackled this particular problem. This is where they seem to have some difficulties. This is how they overcame those, et cetera. And essentially just being an extra set of ears so that the teacher can see everything that's happening in the classroom, which you just never can do. Yeah, that's that's really great. So the last question that I ask on each interview is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you, Connie? Well, this week is right now as we're recording is the end of May. And so a lot of school districts are beginning to look at next school year. And so I guess I would say this week, one of the things to do is to be really intentionally thinking about what kind of expectations do you have on your teachers in regards to how they're implementing new instructional strategies? And in what ways are we supporting those teachers in a way that allows them to be successful? Utilizing the structures that we know work for kids, which is providing timely and specific feedback when we are observing what it is that they are specifically doing. So just being intentional and thinking about how we support teachers and not just saying because they have another notebook on their bookshelf that they've been trained. Great. Thank you so much, Connie. And how can people learn more from you and get in touch with you? Uh, Best way is maybe email ConnieHamilton12 at Gmail, or I'm pretty active on Twitter as well. So send me a, a tweet, tag me on a tweet, or give me a direct message. And my Twitter handle is at Connie Hamilton. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being part of the Transformative Principal Podcast, Connie. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. That was a great conversation with Connie Hamilton. I hope you will take some time to implement some of the things that she's talking about. I've been doing this peer observation and helping teachers really learn what they're supposed to for a number of years. And I know this is definitely a good way to do it. And teachers always ask for more time to do the actual work. And this is a great way to make sure that it happens. And it is it is worth the time and the effort to make sure that they are uh, watching each other, helping each other, and growing together. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. 
That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.